Sometimes, the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. And once again, welcome to the back of the range. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 214. My guest on this episode is the 2017 United States Mid-Amateur Champion, Matt Parziali. With the U.S. Mid-Am being played this week at Sankety Head Golf Club, I thought it would be a great time to reconnect with Matt. He was my guest way back on episode 40, and we spoke quite a bit about his victory and his start in the game during that episode. So go take a listen to that one if you haven't had a chance. Remember, every single episode is available at thebackoftherange.com. And remember, social media channels are Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Links to all of those are also available on the website. During this conversation with Pars, we spoke about his return to competition after really a freak, devastating injury, what he had to do to get back, and we also talked about the state of the amateur game. Again, always good to get to share some thoughts with Matt. Really looking forward to seeing him compete next year on the Mid-Am circuit. Let's get right to it. Matt, welcome again to the back of the range. Uh, friend of the show? I think that's fair. That's a good title. I like that. Okay, friend of the pod. Welcome back, sir. How the hell are you? I'm doing well, and uh, thanks for having me again. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Oh. And, uh, yeah, things have been going okay. Awesome. Well, uh, definitely, uh, you know, I know we reconnected at uh, Terracotta earlier this year. Been a pretty, I guess, pretty good summer for you. You still got a little bit more golf to play. So talk to me a little bit about your summer thus far, uh, trying to get your game ready for for the U.S. Mid-Am in, uh, in a couple weeks. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like you said, when we saw back, you saw each other back in April, um, I was coming off a pretty, pretty bad injury. Uh, just <laughs> we're really we're going to get into that. Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, uh, that'll be a whole nother topic. But uh, game wasn't anywhere near um, ready. Just was happy to be down there with the, with the guys, uh, get in the sun a little bit and uh, and have some fun. Um, but beyond that, um, May was still tough for me. June started to feel a little bit better. And then um, I was very fortunate enough to, to go to the Northeast and and then have a week off and go to the Monroe, uh, two, four round events. I barely made the cut in both of them, but, uh, to be able to play four rounds. And then I came home from the Monroe and we had the three, um, busy weeks of the New England golf schedule where we had the state state am the New England am, and then our state stroke state stroke play, which is called the, we met. And, uh, sure. I'm very pleased with, I'm very pleased with where I played, um, especially at the state am. And then, uh, had a chance at the New England am as well. At the We Met, didn't do quite that good, but um, hung in there. Um, but I was happy with where my game was. And then it's been pretty quiet since then. So, like I said, looking forward to September. I was able to take some time in August to kind of recharge the batteries. And uh, September's super busy. Uh, we have our state mid, and then I go to the Crump Cup at Pine Valley, and then uh, the U.S. mid, which is a, a – I guess you'd call it a home game. I was going to say, it's, gonna I mean, be, it's, <laughs> it's a regional home game, I guess. It is, but I think I have to do almost just as much traveling as everyone else. So, um, very happy to play a place that I've played, oh, I call it a half dozen times, and uh, friends on the island. And it, 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 I have some friends coming over to watch. So, it'll be nice um, to have a, a local one, as you'd say. Yeah. Um, all right. So, I guess we better get into this whole injury thing because I have a feeling it's probably going to be a recurring theme throughout our conversation. So, Yes, um, obviously, obviously, you, you you play terracotta in April of 2021. 
and I'm sure you had played some golf leading into that tournament, but that was probably one of your very first stroke play events leading or, or coming out of, of an injury. And mm-hmm. when I think about injuries or when other people think about injuries that golfers kind of, you know, come across, it's the typical, uh, you know, you know, we got the labrum, we got the shoulder, we got the little wrist thing, tendonitis. Those are the typical golf injuries, obviously, you know, backs, uh, the old guy stuff, typical old yep. guy, mid am <laughs> golf crap. I heard whispers of, of that you were injured because I was expecting to see you at the East West matches at Merido. Right. And I was like, you know, and actually that was really cool for me because a lot of the mid ams and senior ams that I've had on the podcast, you know, the Scott Harvey's, the Mike uh, or the Gene Elliott's and, you know, a lot of the names like that, the Paul Simpsons that I've spoken to on the podcast, but never really get to meet in person, spend time with. I was like, Oh, I'm going to meet Parziali. We're going to have a, you know, Diet Cokes and pretzels, which is kind of a recurring. I keep saying that with the college kids, but no, I can tell you. Have some beers. Um, yes, sir. And I was like, okay, cool. And then, Oh, he's not, he scratched. I was like, all right, well, he's hurt. Yeah. Then I find out what actually happened. I'm not going to tell the story. I'm going to let you tell the story. Tell, talk about this injury. Yeah. So this was, um, it was back in uh, October last year. Um, I only had one event left of competitive events, and that was the East-West matches. But I was down in Florida with a good friend of mine. He invited me to his member guest in Orlando. Um, I flew down that day, and we played actually a different course than uh, where the member guest was. He's a member of Iowa, and the and the member guest is at Keens Point. Okay. So we head over we head over to Keens Point for the uh, for the dinner the uh, the start dinner of the of the weekend, and we're having dinner, and uh, one of the guys at the table. Uh, asked if anyone on arm wanted to arm wrestle and i said yes and then about 30 seconds later i broke my humerus right in two pieces so um yep and it was uh (laughs) it wasn't uh it was it was pretty pretty miserable um i had to fly home the next day uh i saw my surgeon the whole next day it actually got worse that the 24 hours later where i finally got home I'll tell you what, my wife was the best through all this. I mean, she had to do everything for me. Uh, I, I mean, obviously one arm and uh, you can't really move around too well. Uh, She showered me, took care of the dogs, did everything. And she's here running a business. It's not like she is free time. So um, give her a bunch of credit for, for that. But I guess that's what she signed up for. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and so I fell down the stairs that next night. And I think that's where I've had more of the issue um in my elbow than actually where i broke it because the swelling got so big from the fall my body freaked out twice of all right we broke it the night before now it's bouncing down the stairs so it just swelled up and then i think the uh the elbow like i could have maybe had some more movement earlier but the swelling was just too much i think everything kind of locked up so um i mean fast forward surgery was 10 days after that because we had to postpone that because of the fall and yeah, it, it wasn't fun for, uh, six to eight weeks, uh, a lot of pain. Um, my wife had, like I said, still had to do everything for me, but then once I was able to start physical therapy, actual start physical therapy, I went to sauce, I went and saw someone a couple times a week so they could work on it, try to get the swelling down, right. um, all the therapy they do, but I wasn't, I, it took about six to eight weeks before I could actually start to do things around the house with it. And then once that happened, life became much easier for us. Um, unfortunately, my wife is a huge ski racer. Well, yeah, I'm sorry, she's a, a former, former ski former racer. Per, yeah, former professional ski racer. And uh, we had to cancel. I mean, she skied a few times, but now we're not skiing the whole winter because I, I broke my arm. Um, so kind of ruined her winter too, uh, but she was great through all this. So 
I really didn't start playing golf until like right around the terracotta. I tried in February and I tried in March. And I probably shouldn't have. Not that I did more damage, but um, it was kind of just a waste of time and money. Right, right. Uh, it was good to see everyone, but it wasn't like I had. I pretty much had nothing at terracotta. It was even worse the two before that. So yeah. um, now, now just to just to clarify here, um, most like you don't hear a lot of like I got challenged to an arm wrestling match. That like <laughs> the last. I mean, the only thing I really remember so much about arm wrestling is like you know, when you're in middle school or high school, or if you just, you know, can't stop watching over the top with still Sylvester Stallone, but obviously that's the only, so just to clarify, this was not an RDI, right? This was not a random drunken injury. This was just a a freak thing where some guys like, Hey, do you want to arm wrestle? That's exactly right. It wasn't even that late. It was, it was seven o'clock at the dinner. Right. It was just a freak thing. And you know what? Everyone's having a good time. I I don't need us. To be honest, I don't. I don't even know. I don't even know the gentleman's name, and I haven't talked to him since. So it's not like. Uh, I mean, it's just one of those freak things. If if nothing happened, we would have arm wrestled, had a weekend, and still yeah. like it's not like it's just. Oh, it's it, right. Yeah. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a. Uh, yeah, right. It wasn't a, a macho crazy ass thing. It was just a random thing, but it's just yeah, so screwing crazy. around. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I only arm wrestle lefty now. I don't go right. Yeah, in. I'll stop. <laughs> Please stop that. Um, yeah, you showed me at terracotta. You, you showed me the, the, one of the pictures of your arm and thankfully you showed it to me before, uh, dinner was served <laughs> because that looked, I mean, if you would have told me that, Hey, we pulled this guy, like, Hey, we pulled this guy out of a, of a building during an emergency back in my, you know, Brockton firefighter days. Look, look at this thing. I would have been like, yeah, that's, that looks, that's about right. That's what I would have expected. (laughs) That's exactly right. Yeah. It was, uh, it was pretty gruesome in those x-ray pictures. Um, and I did think I did show you the surgery pictures. I haven't showed many people those. Yeah. yeah, Uh, that's the one you don't want. Yeah. Yeah. It's not getting reposted anywhere on the back of the range. I'm still trying to build up my following, (laughs) not scare the crap out of them all. Um, Right. (laughs) Yeah. We're not doing that. What, um, now, you know, I know like we're, we're talking about injuries and getting used to and adjusting. And I know I've, you know, I've actually had a chance to speak with Nathan Smith a little bit here and there, and I think he's had shoulder issues, and I think he actually told me, I'm, I think I'm on solid ground here, but he kind of told me that his golf swing had changed dramatically after his his shoulder issue, where just kind of re- rerouting the club or things like that. Now, obviously, when you're still nursing, you could probably, you know, pick up a putter and hit a few putts here and there around the house and maybe start chipping. But when you actually got started with full swing and, you know, you're obviously, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about what you've done recently uh, this summer. I mean, runner up to Michael Theobornson at the uh, at the Massachusetts Amateur. So to say you're back is pretty accurate. But what were those first like month or two like trying to, okay, how do I how do I play golf again? Yeah, so that's a great question. And I don't um, so where I broke my arm, it was in the middle of a long bone. So that's just a matter of putting it together. Okay. So like when you talk about Nathan's shoulder, that's a joint that has motion in almost 360 degrees up, down, everywhere. It gives a little bit more factors in recovering from that injury. Sure. What I had to deal with was just the pain in my elbow um, when I got started. And that, and I believe that was more from me slipping and falling down the stairs and the elbow just taking longer to rebound because it was so swollen. Um, that being said, I, I really do believe when I was at the Terracotta, I think I probably had eight bad days and two good ones Wow. with my arm. 
in May, it was probably seven and three. June six and four. I'm just I'm just I'm just shooting from the hip here yeah. these numbers. Yeah. But um, and now I'd say we're at two bad days and, and eight good ones here, and we're here August to September. So it's just the 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 pain is the elbow starting to work and fire at the same time as the muscles in my arm. And that's been the issue. I think, uh, I don't think my golf swing has changed much. And I will say I I probably got in the best shape of my life with all the PT I had to do. So, um, I, I believe I'm hitting the ball probably a little bit further off the tee. Um, my body feels good. So there are some good things that came from this. Obviously you don't want to snap your arm in two pieces to have this happen. Yeah. But, um, I honestly, I did all I could, uh, to make this not affect my golf game. And I'm pretty happy with the way I approached it and what I was, what, what I was able to do to come back and be competitive again. I mean, when that happens and you're onto two pieces, you think to yourself, I may never play golf again. Yeah. So luckily enough, uh, I called my surgeon. Um, he's a good friend of mine. I called him at like one in the morning when it happened. And then he called me back at five 30 the next morning. And he says, Matt, can you move your thumb? I said, yes. He said, you're going to be fine. Cause there was no nerve damage. So, um, I mean, it was only eight or 10 hours, but a lot of stuff goes through your head at that, oh, at that time. Yeah. So, um, I, I give, I give, honestly, I give all the credit for, to him. Um, not only did he do the surgery, but he, he had me in his office for the PT with one of his good friends. He checked with me the whole winter. Uh, I wouldn't be here without him, uh, or, or recovered as fast. Um, and he was great. It was uh, Dr. Brian McKeon, um, and he's been a good friend for many years now. That's a well. That's a hell of a story. I'm really glad that you're you're back to playing. Uh, well, a able to you know basically help out around the house because that's really what's important yes. for life. I mean, let's let's keep let's keep things in perspective here. But, and I'll uh, be able to ski with this year, so yeah, she'll be happy about oh, that. Please, just don't tell me when you're doing ski trips and anything like that. So you know, you're falling yeah. down stairs, hurtling down mountains. It all sounds the same to me. So um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just can you like put an inflatable bodysuit on or something like that? So, just do something to be careful. Um, I think I'm better on skis than my feet, so what's a good thing? All right. Well, as a native South Floridian that has no frame of reference whatsoever, I will trust you as to, as to what yeah. you're saying. Um, uh, well, I, okay. So, you know, obviously you're on the podcast, uh, you know, I believe it was two years ago as, you know, we talked a lot about your start in the game. We talked about, you know, uh, winning the U S mid-am coming, you know, being a, a firefighter in Brockton, mass. So we did a lot of the, the, maybe the, the introductory bio information that you've had a lot of attention on. And, um, I guess I wanted to talk to you, not so much about that anymore. Obviously people know, know your story, but, you know, now you're you're heading into another U.S. mid amateur. You've played in a bunch of these as a past champion. Uh, I'm not putting the old guy label on you. I'm 10 years older than you, so you're not getting <laughs> that label. But you're seeing a lot of 25-year-olds, 26-year-olds, 27-year-olds come into the U.S. mid amateur, come into the mid amateur circuit, and you've kind of seen this as like you know a guy that's been at the top of the mountain of the mid am game. Um, what's, what's your kind of assessment on the strength of, of the mid-am kind of circuit right now, or just the, you know, mid-am or golf, a lot of new, you know, reinstated ams are going to be coming through. A lot of guys are going to be, you know, what, what's your assessment of, of the mid-am game right now? So, um, I'll, I'll take it a step further. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to not ask that question, but I'm just talking about the amateur game. Sure. And what we're seeing here in new England is, there's, there's so many kids every year that you might not have known who they were the year before. And then they, and then all of a sudden they're on the scene and they're, and they're world beaters shooting great scores. It's very competitive up here in new England. 
Um, these kids are going all over the place, all over the place to college. They're competing in um, in U.S. Amateurs. I think we have three or four guys from Mass, uh, once from Rhode Island, but uh, all make match play, do well. Um, so it's it's the game is, in my opinion, stronger than ever. Now on the mid-am side, you're exactly right. Um, I don't want to label myself as the old guy, but I'm starting to feel that way. Sure. Um, and yeah, there's there's new there's new blood every single uh, every single year. Like you, people are turning 25, people are getting their amateur status back. I was one of those guys. I yeah. got my amateur status back, and I was only I only had to miss um, qualifying for one mid-am. It was the year I was 25 when I was in waiting, and then I tried to qualify from 26 on. So. We're getting up on almost 10 years of trying to compete in this tournament. So um, when I was that 25-year-old, yeah, I was looking up. I saw Scott Harvey was winning, Mike McCoy. Uh, now those two guys are, are good friends of mine and uh, have helped me so much navigate the, the mid-am waters and tournaments. And it's a blast. And I look forward to uh, getting to know these new 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 kids that are playing this. I should say kids. Um new players and and hopefully they're hanging around and have a, have a great time with us for the next 10 or 15 years. That's, that's what this, uh, this community really is all about. Yeah. And another thing I wanted to make sure you just talk about these young kids, you know, I just, I just had Michael Theorbornson on the podcast and we talked about his, his win at the Western amateur. I was there the entire week and he just absolutely, it was ridiculous. I mean, course record 62, he wins medalists. He goes on to win match play. I mean, it's, it was, I think he, he ran through everyone. It was just very impressive. And before he got there, he, you guys faced off in the final of um, of the Massachusetts Amateur. And 36 holes, I believe you shot 67 in the opening round, something like that with normal match play concessions. And he shot 62 or 63. And I guess one of the reasons I want to bring that up is that you're going to be facing young guys like this all the time, whether it's at a U.S. Mid, a U.S. Am, Mass Am, you know, you play in all the top tournaments or have access to all the top tournaments. Maybe it's something as a takeaway for people listening to the podcast that they're playing someone 10, 15 years younger than them that maybe hits it further. How do you stay in the moment and play your game and, and find success when you're facing off against someone that's maybe playing a little bit of a different game? Yeah, uh, I think Michael is a perfect example of that, um, where he wasn't just a kid that had a good summer. I mean, he won the U.S. Junior the year after I won the U.S. Mid-Am. Yeah. Uh, he's had some very good success in other events. Um, it, honestly, it was one of the best uh, experiences to play against him and to play that high quality of golf. Um, I mean, he's very impressive. He has probably the second most talent I've ever seen at someone his at his level that I've actually played with, and I would only put Matt Wolf. Um, wow. It, ahead of him just because of how far Matt hits it. But uh, Michael is just incredible. The He hits the center of the face every time. I, I honestly don't think he missed a shot that entire day. Um, I think he missed one green in that morning. Um, and he probably would have gone up and down if he didn't have the worst fly ever on the side of a bunker. So right. his game's very sharp. Um, you know, I don't – back to the question of how do you get ready to play that kid that hits it further. Um I've never really worried about too much about the distance. I've just tried to kind of play. I think when I was younger in match play, that stuff would, um, I would think about it a little more. And now it's like, you know what, you know that if you just kind of do your thing, you're going to have a chance. And even though I was six down at, after the morning 18, 
Um, I wasn't discouraged. I felt like I had a chance to, if I came out and, and hit some good shots, made some birdies, to maybe to maybe ex- to get it going to the back nine and have a chance to get it close. But uh, he came out just the way he did in the morning, and he birdied three of the first five. Um, he was playing great, and obviously that showed. He goes to the Western Am a week later and uh, kind of runs through that too. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's fun to be a part of that. I mean, it's a bummer to lose. Uh, everyone's like, oh, you can't be that mad because you play good. You're still mad. You're you still lose, lost. But- yeah. Yeah, you're still upset. I don't care. Like we're all competitors, and uh, when you have the chance to win and you're that close, it's very frustrating. But um, I'm happy with the way I played, and this, this, and to be a part of a match in your state amateur to have two USGA champions playing for the state amateur title was a pretty cool thing to 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 have done and to be a part of. So, one hundred percent. So. Yeah. Um, I wanted to I just get you a couple other ones before I let you go. I know you're, uh, you know, kind of, I mean, you're, you're a working guy just like me. And, and I, I wanted to ask, um, you know, probably Michael isn't thinking about this at the time because you guys are playing in a championship. But, you know, you probably, I guess maybe Stu opened the floodgates of getting more media attention on the U.S. mid-amateur champion after he wins in 16 and then makes the cut in 17. But really, you got a lot of media attention, um, you know, talking about, you know, obviously being a firefighter in Brockton, Mass, and just having your dad on the bag at the U.S. Mid, and just you received a lot of attention. And then a lot of these, the reason I'm bringing this up is a lot of these college kids now are starting to get more attention and starting to realize that, hey, there's an opportunity to actually benefit from my name, image, and likeness. And yep. you're probably someone that has a lot of experience of, you know, maybe companies coming at you or you actually now transitioning into more of a corporate job where you're, you know, working for uh, NFP uh, as in the insurance field. Um, I don't know how much thought you've given to this, but if you have a chance to sit down with someone like a Michael Theorborn or any of these top amateurs uh, in the game right now, are there things that they should kind of keep in mind about how to navigate the waters of all of a sudden, you know, you're getting a lot of attention now. I'm, there's their eyes on me. There's people that know who I am that maybe didn't a month ago. Right. Uh, that's a great point. Um, I had a lot of people that weren't familiar with the golf world want to sponsor me or do things going into the Nationals, going into the U.S. Open. And it was easy for me. It was a no, that can't happen. So right. um, I don't have advice to go through it because I wasn't fortunate enough to have that opportunity at the time. But um, if that was ever to happen again, I mean, I, I mean, I would love to have the opportunity to try to whatever the rules allow to, to try to be a part of that. I'm not saying that I don't know who would want to do that. Uh, maybe my wife's company would want to sponsor me. I don't know that we'd start there. But um, <laughs> but uh, no, so I don't really know how to navigate those. I just knew that I had to tell a lot of people no. So that being said, I know that there is opportunity out there because people want to get behind stories and yeah. things like this and just because i think they can be a little bit closer to the individual than say a professional golfer so um yeah it's a it's going to be interesting transition in the next few months uh, i'm excited to see what happened i think usga did a good job in implementing this um especially with the way the ncaa's went and it kind of forced their hand yeah but it's kind of where the world's going um, and it's going to be a, it's going to be a little bit of a change, but, uh, I think they're, they're on the right, right, right path to, uh, to make it work. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be. I think I think the kids need to start a little bit slower. I think they need to kind of uh, maybe target their local communities and people in, that they've known for a while that can support them. That's kind of where I think they should go with it. But um, and it's also going to be a lot of keeping up with the Joneses. You know, if if one kid plays for this school and his buddy that plays at another SEC or Big Twelve school is getting some sort of a deal, they're going to want the same. You know, there's going to be a lot of that stuff going on. That's exactly right. Um, before I let you go, U.S. Made Amateur is heading, uh, like we, we just talked about, it is a, a semi-home game for you at Sankety Head in Nantucket Island. Um, I, I'm guessing it has a little bit of a linksy feel to it, maybe a little bit of a Shinnecock feel to it. You've played it a few times, and there's going to be a lot of people watching it on TV or, or maybe perhaps playing it for the first time or, or just seeing anything about it for the first time. What uh, what can you share about Sankety that um, that most people just don't know about? So I was fortunate enough to play Sankety um, just when I had graduated college. Uh, one of my uh, best friends, he was the assistant pro there as his first job actually getting into the program. So uh, he was over there for three years. He met his wife there. So he loves the island. He invited us over. And I, I honestly, I fell in love with the course the first time I played it. Uh, it's just such a cool spot. Great setting. And you're right. It does feel like a uh, like a small Shinnecock. It's not obviously it doesn't have the length, maybe the difficulty, but it does have the um, it does have the same feel of shots, um, same kind of setting. The clubhouse up on the hill. It's a little bit more spread out than say Sankety is, but um, it's. I think people are really going to enjoy that week. Uh, and then not only that, the Maya Comet, which is a sister course, which will only play sure. once. Um, in my opinion, that may be the best public course in the country. And I'm not including obviously the resort places like Pebble beach. or sure, sure. So This is like the, this is the Nantucket land bank owns this course, pretty much a city owned course. And it is, it is absolutely fantastic. They did a great job with it. So it's going to be, uh, we got two good tests coming up for, for that championship. And, um, I think, uh, I think the members over there are ready to have us. So I'm hoping everything goes smoothly with everyone getting there. And I think it's going to be a good week once we get through that uh, travel part of it. Yeah. You mentioned that that's going to be a little bit of a challenge. Uh, I'm, I, I'm not necessarily a, uh, a, uh, I'm not really a yachtsman there, Matt. I'm just, I know this is a big shock <laughs> to you, so I don't know if I'm going to be seeing you there. Um, I'm not really, not really sure about that, but, um, I know you're excited just to see, and, and gosh, it seems like every year the U.S. Mid-Am comes around, especially for you and for past champions and guys in the circuit. It's almost like a reunion, isn't it? It is. It's, and that's, uh, it's in last year, obviously, uh, was a bummer. We weren't able to have it, but, um, that, and that was, that was the worst part about 2020 of the, the non-golf is you get to see all your friends. You only see four or five times a year, say at the Coleman, the Crump, Thomas, and the mid-am and a few others and we didn't get to do that last year so um it was nice to have that start this year to get back and uh, looking forward to the next month where i get to see everyone at the crump and then um all those people like you said at the uh, u.s mid later that at the end of the month even harvey you're excited to see even harvey i am you know he's my roommate at uh at sankity oh, so uh no. we'll, <laughs> we'll have we'll have some fun <laughs> yeah no, i uh, i haven't seen him since uh, terracotta so it's been a been a little bit of time, but uh, I'm definitely looking forward to getting together with him. So, well, I'm going to let you go. I know you have a lot of things to do to get ready for um, uh, for the U.S. Mid. I mean, you got a day job. You got. I mean, you're you're a honest to god mid am that, that that works for a living and has to balance a you know a family and and career and and then get a game ready. So, 
I will let you go. Always appreciate the time catching up. And um, let's let's make sure that East-West Matches 2022 is firmly circled on your calendar. And let's stay healthy for that, okay? It's definitely circled. And uh, there won't be any arm bust. I'm just going to avoid the other injuries before that. So, um, no, I appreciate you having me. It's always a blast to chat with you and go over some stuff. And uh, looking forward to doing it again whenever you want me. Awesome, man. I appreciate it, Matt. Safe, uh, safe travels. And uh, we'll, we'll do it again soon. Thanks very much. And there you have it. Special thanks to Matt Parziali for joining me on this episode here at the Back of the Range. Don't forget, follow along on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the website, thebackoftherange.com. We'll see you next time here at the Back of the Range.